The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGPN on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And next, we're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. And next, we're brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? OddsCrowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest over $30,000 is up for grabs over this season. Go to oddscrowd.com to sign up. And, of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. The SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 in their NFL Week 1 contest exclusively only on the SGPN app. So download that in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store today. Howdy-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 70. I couldn't find any good athletes or anything to um, that were worthy of me dedicating this episode to them that wore number 70, so I'm going to dedicate it to myself because I'm amazing, and I went 8-1 and one on the weekend, and I kicked my uh, co-host's ass as per usual. Well. Yeah, as per usual is what we're going to go with. He's not, <laughs> he's not allowed to not allowed to talk yet, so we're just going to leave it at that. Um, I was bragging to my wife, and she said, "Don't you just guess with those picks anyway?" I'm like, "Oh, I've never been so offended in my life." Guess, you know how much work goes into these picks. But yeah, we probably could guess and do almost as well. But thank you for coming to to the podcast. You're here for amazing picks and even better banter than this is the spot for it. I would be your host, Jeff Fox. I write and edit on Sports Gambling Podcast. Dot com and I run the MMA-Manifesto.com. And I have a co-host who, despite associate host, associate co-host, I guess is what we were calling him, despite going 7-2 and two last um, with his picks on the weekend, he still got beat by me. That would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland, who my son says, is, uh, call him, start calling him Daniel Barney Gumble Vreeland instead of Gumby. So your new name is Barney Gumble Vreeland. I'll take the Simpsons reference. I don't mind that. That, that could be more offensive, although it is like the, the like token wrong character. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But he's a, he's a good singer. He's yeah. a very good singer. That's and right. He he's been a, a, a very highly successful barbershop quartet, and he was uh, yeah. put together some really nice uh, avant-garde movies for a film festival yes. one time, I believe. <laughs> he ran a successful plowing company until Homer – in my business, um, I think he owns the uh, barn. It's, it's bowling alleys, his too, I believe. I don't know the whole story behind that. Really? That, that must be a newer thing. That's that's not from the early episodes. That's after I stopped watching. I, I, he started. Could be wrong, wrong, and someone's getting super pissed off. <laughs> I thought. I think someone's probably getting really angry at me uh, for that because it's probably wrong. Like, he works for the like, bowling alley. Yeah. He, he works. Yeah, yeah. It's it's called Barney. Yeah. Oh, Homer's it's owned by his uncle. It's, okay, Barney's Bowler Ram. It's owned by his uncle. Al, uh, Barney Gumble's uncle Al. Okay. So there you go. Anyhow, your name's Gumble. Hi, uh, uh, hi, Barney Gumble, Vreeland. I would, who went I seven just, two and still got beat. I would like to point out that you did show up to the review episode finally. Uh, now that your picks were slightly better than mine, but you did miss two episodes in a row where we reviewed our picks, uh, and you happened to have worse picks than me and lost no, further no. ground in the money league. Yeah. No, that, that's not true at all. You beat me by one uh, pick the one week, and I beat you by uh, I beat you by one pick last week, and you beat me by whatever, whatever, Dan. But the week you beat me by one pick, you also lost by three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. But we're if you're following all of our picks, we're, we're uh, doing amazing right now, Dan. Let me see what kind of run are we on. I'm fourteen and eleven. I should have done this off air, but it's more fun listening to me add on air. I think fourteen and eleven, twenty three and fourteen. 31 and 15 I am over the past, what, four weeks? That's not so bad. That's like what? Uh, let me see. That is by um, 77%, I would say. Not too shabby. I think Dan's even better, though. I'm 67%. Dan is 
18 and 7, 26 and 11, 33 and 13. Woo. That sounds that sounds decent. Sounds decent. Let's see what that is. It is uh, 72%. Holy moly. And despite, like, you've won, like, 800, 1,100. You've won, like, almost 1,400 bucks over the past four weeks, and you're still down, like, 2,300 on the year. That's <laughs> yeah. insane. It was a rough and I'm start, up, like, and, and yeah. as we pointed out, it's maybe not the best idea to bet $100 on every fight. <laughs> exactly. And I'm up, like, 1,000 over the past four weeks, and I'm down, like, 2,800. So it's insane. So. Anyhow, we uh, we did good with our picks on the weekend. Um, for the year, I'm at 57% accuracy. I'm creeping closer. Actually, not even creeping. I'm charging towards the 60% rate that I wanted to be at. Dan's up to 54. Um, both down money, blah, blah, blah. The only pick I got wrong was my lock pick, which is just great. Um, we'll go through that later. But for locks, I'm 13 and 19. Dan is 10 and 12. Both down money. So are, we're not so hot at the locks, apparently. But we are hot at uh, picking all the fights um, now, even though we decided it's not a good, not a good plan. It has been over the past month. So hopefully you just started listening about what, eight episodes or so ago. And, uh, and you think we're, we're geniuses and we're not just hilarious hosts. We're also a genius. So when it comes to picks, you know, who else are geniuses, Dan Winbet. That's who. <laughs> Ready good to win transition. money. And, very good. <laughs> Ready to win money and boost your odds. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet for boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free, $500 sports bet. Download BetWin. Download WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. And we're also brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go and check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets, Based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash, and much more. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, let's get into UFC Fight Night, Brunson versus Till. They were The inmates were loving me on the Slack channel, the SGPN Slack channel last night because they were following some of my picks, and I actually, actually pulled it off last night. So um, you are welcome. And as I also promised the people in the Slack, this is the only – basically the only podcast on the network that's a moon off Manji free zone. He will never be on this podcast ever. So uh, you have that to, to thank us for also. All right. Main event went pretty. One thing I can say about most of these fights is they all went pretty much. We didn't just get the picks, right? We like nailed how, what was going to happen pretty much perfectly and looked no further than the main event. Yeah, and, and the the two we lost too. I don't think we were all that far off. On. I didn't lose two, um, Dan. I lost yeah, one. Yeah, okay. But also, like, you were pretty <laughs> close to losing one of those two. <laughs> I was very close. Yes, we'll get to that. Yes. yes. Um, but, yeah, no, Derek Brunson, let, let's talk about yeah, it. Let's, he, did, he deserves some respect. Put some respect on his name, Dan. I mean, we had been respecting him before that. I, I told you oh, before, yeah. before this, when I went to go look at the odds, like, I, I gave my usual scan through the card and had mental picks for everything and – you know, a couple of ones that I was like, ah, make sure you go, you know, watch a little bit more of Gigi on Kim before you finalize that pick. But, like, I went through them all, and I was like, oh, yeah, Derek Brunson's the easy pick. Hopefully the odds aren't too much in his favor. And then I looked him up, and I was like, he's an underdog? Like, what is he doing as an underdog here? He's a guy. A big underdog, too. He was a guy with great wrestling. Uh, you know, like, like I said before, probably the best wrestler at middleweight right now. Um, you know, like. You can say Chris Weidman probably was better back in the day. Um, even that, I might debate you on. But, like, Derek Brunson is the best current middleweight wrestler, and he's going up against a guy who got taken down by Jorge Masvidal. Like, why would he not be a favorite? And it's not like he can't hold his own. It's not like if he can't get him down, he's a piece of shit on the feet. He's not a piece of shit at all. He's quite good on the feet as well. 
granted, Till did look better on the feet, too. I'll give him that. For everybody who's like, oh, Till needs to change camps or Till needs to, you know, figure something out. Like, he looked good striking. That's always been his thing. Uh, I just, he can't stay striking in Derek Brunson. Um, and the the interesting thing for me is he said he's willing to wait for a title shot. I think that title shot probably is at least a year away. And, and that's if yep. they even think he's second in line because he's clearly second in line, right? Robert Whitaker's next. That fight isn't rumored till yeah. like early 2022, and you got to imagine whoever wins Paulo Costa versus Marvin Vittori is probably not all that far away from being number two. Like right, if 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 Paulo Costa went out there and absolutely just sparked Marvin Vittori, uh, you might even move him up further. Like it's a better win, and you could have done it in more emphatic, fast fashion, and you know, like kind of the storyline's already there for Paul Costa. I feel like Derek Brunson needs to fight that winner, right? Like that doesn't that make much more logical sense? Yeah, probably. I also have a feeling he's going to be one of those guys who's going to be like so close to a title shot finally, and he's going to like trip the very last like he, he's gonna have to take out uh in between fight rather than getting a title shot uh, because based on just not uh, nothing nothing based on his uh his skills or accomplishments but based on timing and i bet he's gonna lose uh, regardless of who he fights um because he, he's been waiting decades to, to decades to get a shot and um like jacare style he um ho- hopefully it doesn't happen um because he's he used to fight like a wild man now he fights like a smart uh smart fighter but it's He's like he's a wild man on the ground now. He's not just a like when he, he was getting safe there and using wrestling in in the past. Now he just pounds like his ground and pound is uh, Mark Coleman esque. Now it's it's wild. Yeah, it it is really interesting to see the development of his game because you're right. He like he still is wild like he used to be, but it's wild in a way that is like incalculated moments. Right, like he he saw those moments where he could posture up on Darren Till to drop bombs and use that to do absolutely crazy amounts of throwing elbows and punches, uh, and then settled back in and and was safe and made sure he advanced position and and got to a better position and didn't punch himself out, and then he found an opening again. So like it is wild, but it's also like a very it's like a very technical wild, which is is kind of even more impressive and, and makes him such a tough fight for so many people in this division. I I, I hope you're wrong about the Jacare comparison because it still <laughs> bumps me out that Jacare never got a yeah. Jacare was one of my favorites of all time. Like, and to see him not get a title shot, Derek Brunson's ter- slowly turning into like must see TV every single time he fights. Um, because between this fight and, and I mean like the, the Edmund Shabazian fight was absolutely can't miss. You knew he was going to beat the hell out of Kevin Holland, but even that was kind of fun. Like, I, I mean, like he's looked since losing to Israel, I the dude has looked damn near unbeatable. It's got to be the hair. I think, don't you think? It, it's got, it's got to be it. That's the only, yeah. the only explanation. I, I, I forgot he even fought Adesanya before, but I can, I can picture him beating him. Now, like I totally can picture him beating Adesanya. I can't. I cannot. Maybe not Whitaker. Wh- Whitaker, like you're talking about wrestling. You think he can out wrestle Robert Whitaker? I actually think he would have a harder time out wrestling Izzy. Is a really? as, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, because part of what and you you saw Darren Till stuff him uh, once or twice, or like he got in on Darren Till's legs and Darren Till managed to keep his feet and like break the grips from around his hips and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it was, like, Darren Till using his height and using his, like, length. Because Darren Till, despite being a former 170 guy, is very long and tall. And and I would say, if I'm not mistaken, had a size advantage on Derek Brunson. Um, you know, like, he's always bragged. He walks around at, like, 210 and then used to fight at 170. So, like, he, he seemed much bigger here than Brunson, and I think some of that size and the length of his legs came into play in that takedown defense. And is he actually, as much as people knock him for getting taken down by Jan Blankovic all those times, like, those takedowns aren't what lost him the fight. He was already getting pieced up on the feet and got getting his legs kicked and, like, all kinds of other things. And, like, he was worn out when he was giving up those takedowns. I actually think his takedown defense is far better than people remember it being. Because, like, the image that sticks in your head is that Jan Blankovic fight 
where he was giving up tons of weight in like a lot of size and, and had already kind of gotten beat up by somebody who's bigger and faster. So yeah, like I actually think Israel Adesanya would be a tough out for Derek Brunson because I just don't know how much of that wrestling can get going. And as I said right at the beginning of all of this, Darren Till was doing better in the striking exchange than Derek Brunson. Like he was winning. If that fight doesn't go to the ground, I'm positive Darren Till wins it. Uh, which hey, maybe is why he was a favorite in this. But uh, given that fact, if he if you can't stand and trade with Darren Till without getting pieced up a little bit. Man, dude, that's a bad night for you against Israel Adesanya. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hopefully we do get to see it, though. Um, you want to talk about Darren Till? Well, what are we going to do with Darren Till, Dan? It's up to us, I guess, what we're going to do with him. One one win over his last five, but like we mentioned in the preview for this um, this event, he he is only beaten, or he's only been beaten by by the cream of the crop in welterweight and, and middleweight. I hope they just downcycle him and give him a – Give him um, lesser names, um, w- way further down down the food chain, and let him build himself build himself back up here. Yeah, I, I've got one that sticks out really for a lot of reasons, and that's Uriah Hall makes a lot of sense for me um, yeah. because both of them, ne- neither one wants to be wrestled. Um, they they both are very cool with being on the feet. Granted, Uriah Hall has wrestled a little bit more since he moved to Fortis MMA, and he like sprinkles it in there. Both of them guys who uh, people had, like, touted as future champions for sure or at least big-time title challengers, uh, neither of them worked out as that. Um, both of them, you know, Uriah Hall's quite a bit older, so we, we can't really say the book's closed on Darren Till because he's about 10 years younger than Uriah Hall, but both of them kind of, like, have failed to live up to their expectations so far. Both of them like to strike. Both of them are kind of in a weird position where they're coming off of losses to guys who are on the way up um, and clearly have just passed them and moved ahead of them. Um, and they both kind of need, like, a big-name guy who they can go in and slug with. And, and you know, tell me I'm wrong. If those two kicked off a pay-per-view, you wouldn't say, like, oh, that's a shitty fight to kick off a pay-per-view. Or if those two, even if they headlined a, a fight night, like, uh, you, you told me fight night till – Hall was coming in December, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense for a fight night headliner. I'd watch that for five rounds. It'd probably be a fun striking match for five rounds. Yeah, that makes makes total sense. I, I see. I totally could see that happening. So maybe it will. Who wins, though? Till versus Hall. I say Till, but do you agree? I, I think Till, too, mostly yeah. just on the basis of, like, when Hall gets hit and, like, things aren't going his way, it it it, it very much feels like there's a mental block. And I know that that's – you know, that's such a stereotype on him or or been overplayed on him as, like, his big flaw. But, like, with the Sean Strickland loss, man, did it really seem like getting punched in the face was, like, a too big of a bummer to him. And it looked like Safe Saad couldn't even snap him out of it. Like, that yeah, dude's that's... usually – yeah, that dude's usually slapping his fighters in the head in between rounds to try to get him back in it. And, like, I, I mean, I've talked to so many guys who train at Fortis MMA, and every single one of them is, like – yeah, he slaps me a couple of times and, like, insults me and tells me that I need to stop being such a bitch, and then I'd stop being such a bitch and knock the guy out. And, like, you know, Ramiz Brahimai has told me that. Diego Fajeda has told me that. Like, you know, I've, I've heard that from so – Jeff Neal has told me that. And, like, he he couldn't even, like, get Uriah Hall into, like, looking like he wanted to be in that fight. Um, It, it very much felt like he didn't. So, yeah, like, I, I think Till with his – the fact that he could probably match the speed and he hits kind of freaking hard and the fact that he would just get in there and mix it up. I mean, he has been tentative in the past, but not like Hall. So, yeah, I, I think he'd push the action enough to win pretty easily. There, we found a way to crap on Uriah Hall, even though he has nothing <laughs> to do with that. Uh, with, with the show happen. Sorry. Sorry. That's one of my um, favorite seasons a, of The no, Ultimate Fighter, by the way. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, no no joke. I love the Calvin Gastelum, uh, Uriah Hall season of The Ultimate Fighter. It's great. Dan always finds a way to bring it back to tough also, don't you? <laughs> I do love he tough. Loves, <laughs> I do love tough. You know I love, Dan? I love PixWise. I love my transitions, <laughs> transitions tonight, too. You're Pixwise on your transition is, game, man. <laughs> I am. If nothing else, I have that going for me. PixWise is the number one home for free sports Betting picks, props, and parlays helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics give you the who, how, and why behind every prediction. For every game, every day, and every sport, all for free. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. 
Turn your picks into real cash from with Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and easy, and it all starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will if they will go over or under their stat projection. Projection uh, easy for me to say. The more players you pick, the more you can win up to ten times your money. Prize Picks is the only way I play. So basically, like if you're doing it for baseball, who who were three of your batters for tonight, Dan? That you had in that article I edited earlier for Sports well, Gambling Podcast. Do you remember? That's gonna be rough because I saw <laughs> they're not I doing have, good, Dan. I had some I had some Dodgers tonight, and the Dodgers maybe not doing so well. But let's say I did have Max Muncie and Chris Taylor, okay. and there, there's plenty of game left, so those two could yep. do it. And and I'm pretty sure uh, I had Darren Ruff who isn't starting, so we had to yes. make a last replacement on that. Oh, uh, Lamont Wade Jr. too. Yeah, so let's go okay, Lamont Wade Jr., Max Muncie, and Chris Taylor. So if those guys get over one and a half hits plus walks, so basically if they get two, a hit and a walk or two walks or two hits or more, you would win what? 20 bucks would win you 100, right? I think that's, that's how it works, right? Yeah, 20 and, bucks and, would you and we can play the unders since my picks were so bad this week. Yes, we'll take the unders on the Dodgers again. <laughs> there you go. You can even even play the unders. So there you go. So that's how price picks works. And more, like like I said earlier, more players you string together, the more cash uh, you can win. So when you're on there, make sure you use promo code SGP to receive 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. That's price picks, promo code SGP. All right. And then, like I said, $20 entry can pay you 100 bucks. That's called the power play option when you're on there. So check that out. So basically, the main event last night was really the only fight that had any real significant um, ramifications at the tops of divisions. But there was quite a few um, fun nights, uh, fun fights and, and fighters uh, making a name for themselves. Uh, don't want it to be just us bragging the whole time, but we did get the co-made event uh, right also, pretty much the way we predicted. Uh, Tom Aspinall TKO'd Sergei Spivak, uh, elbows and punches. Uh, only only took him two and a half minutes to get her done, and he looked like the top, uh, a top heavyweight prospect, like like we were saying that uh, we think he could be. Yeah, and, and we nailed that piece too about like I think we talked about how Sergei Spivak is. First of all, he's very strong and likes to put people up against the cage and lean on him. And I was just like, you ain't going to do it to Tom Aspinall. That dude's an animal. And he tried to clinch him. And when he tried to clinch him, Aspinall was like, nope. Need him in the stomach, elbowed him in the head, and it was over. How um, rude. Yeah, it's it's great, though. Like, he is, first of all, he is a very fun heavyweight prospect right now. In fact, if you ask me, he's the most fun, like, heavyweight prospect like up and comer guy, maybe outside of the top five or 10 to watch right now. And he's also the youngest, right? Like he is only 28 years old. When have we yep. seen like a 28 year old heavyweight prospect? Like what was the last time you can recall seeing a heavyweight prospect where you're like, he's not just good. He's young because like even Chris Dawkins, who I think of as being in that like same realm, I, I'm pretty sure he's, like, 33 years old or 32 years old or something like that. And, like, I, I mean, like, we got hyped on Francis when Francis was coming up, but that dude's 35 already, right? Like, Tom Aspinall yeah. is seven years younger than Francis Ngannou, and it's a division where you can fight until you're 45. So, like, we could have 17 more years of Tom Aspinall, and it wouldn't be the craziest thing. So, yeah, man, I, I love what he's doing right now, and I also think because he's 28 – I don't think you have to rush him up to fight the Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis's of the world yet. Um, it, doesn't, it sounds like he doesn't want to be rushed up either. At, um, at 28, why do it? Yeah, yeah, at 28, why do it? So, you know, like, I, I could see him, you know, I was looking at the rankings. I could see him fighting somebody like Augusto Sakai. Like, Augusto Sakai's yep. been, like, beat a couple of times in a row. He's a top 10 name. He's actually been knocked out a couple of times in a row, but... Like, he's only ever been knocked out twice, and it's by Alistair Overeem and Yair Rosenstrike. So, like, if Aspinall goes out there and knocks him out, like, that's a good list of names to be on. And, and I think he probably does with his aggression and stuff. So, it would be, like, a more logical buildup than, like, throwing him to Rosenstrike or, or Curtis Blades or Alexander Volkov. Like, I think he's probably only a fight or two away from those other guys, though. Yeah, very true. Uh, looking at the performance rankings that I run on MMA-Manifesto, he's jumped up to number seven. Yeah. Um, he's actually uh, just jumped ahead of someone who 
may make sense to fight. Taitoi Vasa, what do you think of that match? Yeah, I, I love that, that fight. Work, I, right? I actually thought about that fight, too. The only thing is Taitoi Vasa is booked with Walt Harris, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Which yeah. is, by the way, also another great fight. And also, I'll say this. I don't need Taitoi Vasa also fighting, because he's young, too, right? Like, he's only 28. Yeah. I don't need the two 28-year-old heavyweights throwing down. I need them to, like start to clear out the the 35-year-olds and 40-year-olds in the division, you know, beat the Oexio Linux and the, um, you know. Arlovskis. Well, Tom Aspinall, well. Did beat, he, he did beat Arlovski, and it did make <laughs> me sad. So thanks for bringing it up again. Uh, yeah, but, like, beating the Arlovskis and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that that makes more sense for him at this time. So while I like him fighting Tai Tuivasa, and I think that would be fun as hell, I also think just, like, why why waste two young prospects when, like I said, Aspinall can go beat Augusto Sakai. Ty Tuivasa can go beat, you know, Walt Harris, who's on a terrible run and is 35 or 6 years old or something like that as well, and just, like, let them both climb and have multiple contenders who could possibly get uh, sent to the back of the line by guys like Alexander Volkov and pull <laughs> yep. this all out. <laughs> yep. And um, Sergey Spivak is only 26, so... Um, future should still be bright for him also uh despite losing on this was on very short notice so no shame in that game he had a great winning streak yeah, he did too he had beaten carlos yep. felipe and vandera and olenic and he actually has a win over tai tuivasa you got to go back like two or three years but like he beat tai yeah. tuivasa back in the day so yeah still very bright for spidak exactly all right um so that was a fun one um then we had we nailed alex morano beating david zavada uh, 30-27, probably uh, closer than I than I thought it was going to be. Probably closer than the than the score showed, also. But um, Morano um, lives to see another day, and we chalked up another nice pick here at minus one fifty five. Short yeah. notice win, also nonetheless. Yeah, not not much to say about this one. I mean, he no. just like kind of outclassed him on the feet, like I kind of thought he would, and it's not like Zawada had a means to bring it to the ground, so. Yeah, right. uh, pr- pretty simple and straightforward and uh, good for Murano. That's it. By the way, that's another uh, – oh, no, no, he's not, he, he's not a Fortis. No, he, yeah, he, is. he is Fortis. He is Fortis, but he also trains at uh, <laughs> Gracie, Gracie Barra, the yep. Woodlands, because so that, he trains with my man-man, Ricky Tercios. Yes. <laughs> Him and Ricky Tercios right. are like oh, yes. that, childhood that best friends. They're like both they're, they're like best friends really? from childhood. Yeah. He told me that in an interview one time. He's Couple like, my, buddy, my buddy's yeah. going to be on The Ultimate Fighter. And I was like, oh, cool. And then, like, Ricky Tercios was on The Ultimate Fighter. I was like, this dude is Alex Morano's friend? Because, like, like it's not, it's not surprising that they're friends because they're both, like, super nice, super chill dudes. But, like, Alex Morano's, like, very serious and, like, very straightforward. And Ricky is out there, man. <laughs> yes, he's, he's Diego Sanchez. Uh, level of, of out there, but hasn't worn, uh, hasn't out, out, um, stated welcome at this point, but, uh, no. we'll see. If, if, he's, you, if he's still talking like this in 15 years in the UFC, we'll see. Have you heard his interview before? <laughs> Let's get derailed talking about Ricky Torres. There we go. Ricky I'm, I'm trying talk. to bring it back. I'm trying to figure it back this up. Did you see his interview that he did on Media Day before the finale? When I uh, heard about it, yeah. When John Morgan <laughs> asked him how he was doing? Yeah, uh, yeah. He he told, a massive uh, pause, right? And yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember what he said. I just then remember he, what was out then there. He, then he said, "If I had to say a word, happy." And, <laughs> and it was like this long pause, and he came out with happy. And then he proceeded to tell this story about how he woke up on this Wednesday, and I was dreaming of eating chicken wings. And I was like, right, how, yes, yes. how how, in the world does this answer the question? Um, and everybody is just like, the, the thing about Ricky Tercios too, and uh, Fernando Prachas said this in a an article I've read of hers, he feels like a cult leader. Like you, you, just does, would, you just would follow anything he says because he's both saying the wildest thing you've ever heard. So you're like, I got to hear it. And then afterwards you're like, yeah, uh, because he's so charismatic. So... That that is the leg up I think he has on the Diego Sanchez crazy train. Like he, like when Diego Sanchez would say crazy things, he would also be like carrying a, a crucifix with an angry face into the cage. Um, and like Ricky's just like good vibes and like feels really nice and like he's charismatic. So yep. yeah, I, I think he's got a leg up on the Diego side of crazy. 
and he does get drug tests like everybody else, does he not, for recreational drugs? I'm just just asking. Putting that I, I would say no because Nevada <laughs> doesn't anymore, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Or right. at least they don't penalize for it and announce it. Although I, I, I just mean something a little stronger than <laughs> no, he, he, he's just naturally crazy. I'm joking. Yeah. Um, did you did you see the episode <laughs> of Tough? So I know not everybody. Watched no, it. I didn't. I didn't watch any of this year. But no. if you see the episode that, that this season, they let them like Skype call uh, one of their family members, and he yeah. Skype called his dad. And it's like I, I don't know if you can find the clip out there, but if you're listening and you care about Ricky Tercio, so you think he's a fun personality, like go find the clip of him skyping his dad because his dad is just him. Like it's it's him again, only bald, and it's amazing. It's wild. He was calling he was calling his son man all the time. He's like, man, I know you're doing it, man. I know. It. I was like, whoa, they're the same person. It's wild. <laughs> Crazy. See, tough's worth watching, but I have someone that watches it for me and tells me what happened, so I don't have to anymore. Someone and his wife, they both have my back, so no worries there. Um, all right, that's fine. Let's talk about one of our losses, Dan, because the dirty, rotten Khalil Rountree Jr., the cheater, had a record man, Modestus Bukoskis' his knee. Um, he was piecing them up as it was, so it wasn't like we got cheated there. Um, we we legitimately lost uh, lost this pick. Um, Roundtree ended up oblique kicking him and destroying his leg. Um, do you have a problem with the oblique kick? Uh, I have no problem with it as long as it's legal. Then I have no problem with people using it in a fight because that's that's um, that's cuts the chase here. That the, the the point of it is to in- incapacitate your. Uh, the, the point of this uh, pursuit is to incapacitate your uh, your opponent uh, by any mean, any means necessary within the rules, and if that's within the rules, then so be it. So well, that's I'm my a, view on it. I'm also off people talking about outlawing it, right? Because like yeah. it's not the only thing that has like a long debilitating impact either, yeah. right? Like, dude, dude, if you've ever if, if you've ever seen somebody get armbarred and not tapped. That is also a long road to recovery, right? Like well, someone just got heel hooked two weeks ago, right? Right. Yeah. Where, where was everybody looking to outlaw heel yeah. hooks when when poor uh, pretty boy Emmers had his yes. leg, his I pretty mean, like, knee? I, I have not heard anything about what that injury entails or what the MRI entails. You have yeah. to imagine he has the same type of damage as Modestus Bukowskis, if not worse. Would you uh, say his MRI wouldn't be pretty, Dan? It would definitely not be pretty. He might he might be pretty boy Emmers, but he does not have a pretty looking MRI. And I will say this too, like for everybody out there saying let's out, outlaw the oblique kick. Okay, so so how are you going to differentiate that with some other variation of the kick too? Yeah, right. Because that's the other thing, right? Like like with with twelve six elbows, and I saw people say like if twelve six elbows are illegal, this should also be illegal. And like with twelve six elbows, there's a definition that you can follow. Twelve like, six, right? Your elbow goes up, your elbow goes down. So what are we saying here is an oblique kick? Does your foot have to be pointed towards like the the sole of your foot have to be pointed towards them? Because most of them are right. Like that's part of the kick that that typically happens. Does your body have to be turned sideways for that one, or does, can it come from the front? Because sometimes the person squares their shoulders, and sometimes they do more of like a side kick and turn their shoulders. Like, there's so many different variations of kicks and where the kicks can come from, and what, where, you know, the toe positioning of the kicks. And I'm not even a striking guy, but like I'm telling you that categorizing one kick like this to the outside of the knee, when when the new thing to do is kick the shit out of people's legs every fight, like. Yep. Trying to outlaw that is a nightmare. And in addition to that, it's like we how, how many how many TKOs from from oblique kicks have you ever seen in your life? Zero point zero. Well, one yeah. point one point zero. Modestus Bukowskis, right? And we just like, happen to be on the wrong side of it. I've seen John Jones throw thirty five of them in a fight against Alexander was, Gustafson. And, that's and where like, I was headed. Sorry, to interrupt. Yeah. I was headed. Do you think that's the reason why so many people hate it? Is because John Jones uses it so frequently? I mean, I think they hate it for the same reason why people on like a, a in a regional jujitsu tournament try to outlaw heel hooks. Is it yeah. is debilitating? It is a huge injury, and if you do not do the appropriate defense, then you lose your ACL or your MCL. But unfortunately, when you sign up for a local jujitsu tournament or you get in the cage to fight in the UFC, you know what you're getting into, right? Like in in Bukowskis even said it himself. I don't know if you've seen him coming out on social media. He yep. said. 
the the defense is there for it. Like I could I could have used the defense for it. I didn't see it coming, and I got hit yep. with it and it ended yep. the fight. Props to my guy. It just yep. I'll say this too. I also think the outrage here is huge because we were in a fight night where so far we had already seen three cage warrior dudes just absolutely tear a hole in this this right like the next three fights we're going to talk about yep. all cage warrior dudes or gals who she's have, a dude too she's yeah, one of the guys she's one of the guys yeah her and patty are boys <laughs> um but those three went or those two fighters absolutely went out there and crushed everybody and then they were like oh this next fight also a cage warriors guy and people were like he's young he's only 27 which is super young for like heavyweights like, and Khalil Roundtree has kind of already had his chance. He's he's a little bit older. I guess he's not super old, but he's a little bit older. Like, Bukowskis was a guy, and he's super nice. People really care about him. I think that added to the backlash, too, that he was young, and it was like a, you know, a European hype night. But, like, bottom line is it's a move that people use, and there's a defense for it that people can use, similar to checking leg kicks and all that other good stuff. So, you know, just, just let it run its course. People are going to stop talking about it in, you know, two weeks probably when we get a whole new event and a whole new slew of things to talk about. Yep. All right. R- rather than getting off the, the oblique kick, um, how, why did we get this one wrong, Dan? Where where did we go wrong here? Because, like I said, this wasn't this wasn't a fluke. He, he was getting pieced up the whole time. Well, I mean, I think we expected to see the Khalil Roundtree that fought Marcin Procneo and Ian Kudalaba, and we got the one who fought Eric Anders. Um, yeah, you know, like we, we got the same one who fought Eric Anders, you know, two and a half years ago. Cause I, I don't know if you remember that fight, that fight with Eric Anders is insane. He looks yes. so good in that fight. Eric Anders barely can stand and, and Anders is no slouch. Uh, and then he came out and got taken down in the shit beat out of him by Ian Kudalaba, which we thought Bodestas Bukowskis could do, right? Like he could take him down if he wanted to. And then he got pieced up by Marcin Procneo and like was hesitant to fight Procneo and like, Procneo wasn't on any kind of killer run. So to lose both of those ways uh, in a row and look so bad, uh, I expected one of the bad versions of him to come out, and we didn't get that. We got the good version. So um, good for him getting his his career back on track. Yep. Uh, Is it back on track, though? I would say so. I mean, like, if he could do that again, and he's only 31. I I just looked up his age because I figured he was way older, but he's only 31, um, which is not ancient in that division. If you told me he was going to strike with people, like he struck with people right there, like he'd give a lot of guys trouble with that striking. Like he's a pretty damn good, like tie style kicker and striker. And that's like, I mean, that's fun as hell and in probably pretty difficult for a lot of these, these light heavyweights. So what, um, what, what are we going to do with the, um, the Baltic James Brown? Uh, James, James Brown, James Bond. James what are you gonna Bond. Do him, <laughs> I mean, first of all, you're going to put him on a shelf for 12 months because his ACL yeah. and MCL are almost undoubtedly snapped. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough because he's lost a bunch in a row. I, I don't think the UFC is going to come calling for his job because, uh, you know, this is a freak injury. One of those losses is to Jimmy Crew. I think he's going to get another shot, um, but if he does, it's got to be somebody like coming off the Contender Series or somebody brand new, um, somebody who you kind of feel like he could beat, and if he can't beat him, then, like, he shouldn't have been there in the first place. So, um, yeah, I say give him, you know, his 12 months to recover and get back into training camps, and, and let's see him against an up-and-comer because I think he's still got a lot of promise. Yes, sir. Uh, move on to... Dan's other slip up. Hey, you had you had back to back slip ups, Dan. Not good. Um, lightweights, Patty the Batty, aka Patty uh, Young Owen Hart, uh, which um, Daniel Cormier must listen to the podcast because he called him Owen Hart also. Um, Patty Pimblet um, was getting lit up by Luigi, not by Mario, by Luigi, nonetheless. Like this, uh, he was looking like a, a Luigi's got better reach. You know, it's true. That. He does have better reach, but, but then then he turns into Waluigi, or he turned into um, Bowser and and knocked out uh, Luigi um, at 4:25 in the first round. S- seemed like the fight went uh, longer than that. I, I was I was pretty sure I had this. Uh, Dan was going to beat me on this one, and I was going to have to eat crow this week. But Patty Pimblet leaves his chin up way too much, and he's getting pieced up, and he. Uh, I've seen it described as an impressive performance. I would not call that an impressive performance. He, he got the knockout. He got himself uh, the bonus, but I don't think that performance was really very um, 
impressive, and it doesn't bode well for his future either that Luigi Benjamini had him on the ropes numerous times. Yeah, I would just say this. I, I am – first of all, he he deserved a bonus. That, that was a good bonus. I, I yep. think mostly – you know, and I, I complain about the bonuses all the time. I, I think they got him mostly right. Tom Aspinall, Patty Pimblett got the performance, for those of you who don't know. Molly McCann, E.G. on Kim, which we'll talk about in a second, got fight of the night. Both, all very deserving. The only thing I would say is I kind of wish Julian Arosa uh, got something too because he put in a damn good performance. But, yeah, like yep. I'm, I'm really glad that I'm talking to you about this and not seemingly everybody else on Twitter because, yeah, I've heard it described as an impressive contest too. And, dude, I, I my stock in Patty Pimblett went way down in this yep. fight um, because, like, you know, not for anything, if Luigi Vendramini tags you, wobbles you, and takes you down, Luigi Vendramini is a guy who got absolutely owned on the feet by Ferris Zayn. Absolutely owned on the feet by Ferris Zayn. If you think that Patty Pimblett would walk into a fight and do anything but get absolutely demolished by Ferris Zayn on the feet, you've got another thing coming, right? Like, I just don't understand how, like, they fed him to a guy who was one and two, and I picked him. So, so again, Vendramini better than his one and two record says. But like, did did, did I hear him right? Because I, it's certainly possible that I didn't hear him right. Did I hear him right in his post fight interview say he was looking to headline a card? I'm not. Sh- I didn't hear that. I just heard all the the kings here and all this <laughs> all this type of stuff. So yeah, yeah. It, it's like it's wild to me because like. Think about anybody who's a top 25 fighter in the lightweight. I'll give you all the way through 25 instead of top 10 or 15. And you think about Patty Pimblett fighting on it, and dude, I just think they kill him. Like, they just F. Yep. Like, could you imagine him fighting Matrus Gamro? Right? Matrus Gamro, the one who just plowed through Jeremy Stevens like he wasn't yep. even there. Gamro crushes him on the feet. He's probably just as good, if not better in jujitsu, and a better wrestler than he is. Like, Gamro would just end his life. Uh, and, like, there are other guys, too. Like, I heard somebody suggest he fight, including, you know, I said I'd like to see it, too, but mostly because I want to see Pimblet uh, kind of get exposed. But I, I want to see him fight Joel Alvarez. Do you remember Joel Alvarez? No, who, yeah. ended, who ended Joseph Duffy's career with, like, a murderous submission. Like, he is way more promising of a future lightweight than Patty Pimblett is. You know, like, a guy who's got that many holes in his striking. And, at, again, part of the reason why I said I wasn't high on him and I was picking Vendramini, not really great wrestling either. Yeah, he, he struggled to get him down. And, uh, yeah, I, I think this knockout's going to do him more harm than, than good, uh, unfortunately, because it's, it's going to um, – going to blast him up even higher up up the ranks um when really he, he was he lost the whole fight except for the very last sequence there do you think the ufc does run him way up the ranks though or do you think you know and especially i'm just thinking based on the way they've matchmaked sean o'malley for the last few years like right do, do you think there's any chance they take that tact with him and realize you know, this dude actually does have a tiny hole here. Maybe we don't feed him to the matchers Gamro of the world or the, I mean, I'm trying to think of other lightweights who are not quite ranked yet, but man, could you, I mean, I'm just thinking about guys from the edge of the top 15. Uh, you imagine him fighting Brad Riddell? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I know he's only one fight in, in like, we shouldn't be talking about him fighting in the top 15 of the toughest division in the UFC, but like, that's the way people are talking about him right now. Uh, Brad yeah. Riddell would kill him. It would be over so fast. Um, yeah. No, yeah, it's wild. yeah. Going back to your question about O'Malley, I think O'Malley's on board with that. It sounds like he's on board with the this slow approach. Also, I don't think Pimblett and his team are going to be on board yeah. with a slow approach, which is going to be a problem. I think so. Yeah. Depending on who, yeah. I, I want like I don't want this to seem like uh, Dan may be hating on him because Dan seems to hate fighters nonstop but uh, i'm not uh i'm not hey i want him to be good like it's he's fun he's uh and obviously he'll be he'll be good for business if if he does become the next conor mcgregor but um yeah i i don't see it at this point yeah if, if people came out of this and, and this is probably where i'm souring a little bit too is that like if people had come out of this fight and had been like man i can't wait to see that dude fight again and that was the last sentence right it was not that he is the next conor mcgregor or what an amazing performance 
it, it wasn't really that amazing of a performance. It was performance. a Hail Mary, basically. Yeah, he like, himself at and, the end. and like with what we know to be one of the worst parts of his game. Right. right. Like his striking is one of the worst parts of his game. Does he throw heavy? Yes, he does. But also not very technically and kind of got into a firefight where he, he's the one who got tagged first. So, yeah. I, and, and all the bragging about like we're from Liverpool, we don't get locked, knocked out from Liverpool, like, that's cool, man. But, like, have you seen the way dudes punch in your division? Yeah, exactly. It's not going to last much longer if, if that's uh, the approach you're going to take. But Godspeed to, to Paddy Piblet. Um, also, Godspeed to Paramount+. Plus. The summer of soccer continues at Paramount+. Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including we have the Champions League, Europa League, Italy's Serie A, Argentina's Primera Division, the Brasileiro, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the CONCACAF. CONCACAF. CONCACAF qualifiers, right, Dan? You nailed it that time, my oh, man. I nailed it. Yeah, that, I was really nailing it for sure. Uh, that features the stars from the U.S. and Mexican men's national teams, plus much more. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulisic. Be part of the excitement. As champions are crowned and history is made, the world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. All right, let's rip through the prelims. We're going long like we always do. We, we do want to give you guys some picks for the Contender Series. That uh, A lot of people on the Slack channel were enjoying. They were finding a lot of the numbers, uh, a lot of the lines off last week, and they, they took advantage of it. So hopefully us covering it is not going not gonna to skew the, the bookies here. But... Um, let's get let's get this card in the books first. Brunson versus Till. Meatball Molly came through in a very good fight. Uh, she, she won fight tonight. Um, McCann versus Kim. Um, probably saved her job. I don't know if they were going to cut her. She's so popular, but uh, she made it sound like it was going to save her job because it was. I think it was the last fight on her contract, so she probably got herself a nice little bump up in pay also, and she got herself 50 Gs. Yeah, I, w- I would say if she didn't earn herself a contract uh, with that performance, I don't know what would. I mean, like that is. If Dana White wrote a textbook on how to be a fighter on the preliminary portion of the card on ESPN+, Plus, Molly McCann just followed that blueprint in that textbook to a T. Um, just put herself in an absolute firefight and did a great job against somebody with way better reach than her. Yeah, I will say also, you know, if you were you were trailing our picks last week, we did have Molly McCann by decision at uh, at plus one fifty. So you you probably should have tailed along on that one. Exactly. Um, so hopefully we'll be seeing more from the cage. I'm sure we will. Um, so we nailed that one, of course. Um, we nailed the next one, of course, too. Jack Shore, um, tougher fight uh, than expected against the late replacement off the Ultimate Fighter, uh, Sholinian. Uh, he, he won 30-27, 30-27, 3027 Wasn't even close, but it, uh, he wasn't able to finish him, and Sholinian did not look out of place in the cage. No, he he looked good, especially against like I personally think Jack Shore is very close uh, to the bantamweight top fifteen right now. Yeah. Um, and in your performance rankings, I, I'm assuming. Based on the performances alone and the results alone, he's probably in the top 15 of those, um, if you haven't updated those yet. But he's probably I'm near, checking. I'm checking. Please hold. He's probably near yeah, the beating, UFC's mm, top, top 15, yeah, too. You'd hope so, yeah. In, yeah. Um, Go ahead. No, uh, I'm trying to, trying to find him here on my sheet. Beating a... Uh, a debuting fighter by decision doesn't get you a heck of a lot of points in my rankings, though. But let me uh, – where is Jack Shore? He's a bantamweight. Um, boom, boom, boom. This, is, this is thrilling um, podcast audio, I know. Yeah, no, he's he's still way down in the, in the 40s because he doesn't have a lot of, of finishes. So he, he's still uh, down there. But, it's yeah, it, it's going to move up. And it, it, it uh, my rankings depend on how you beat – if you finish a person and – uh, the person's uh, UFC record going into the fight, so uh, fighting newcomers doesn't doesn't help your case. But regardless, yeah. he's he's he definitely uh, made a good showing of himself. Well, and it was like a clinical showing too. That it was really yep. impressive the way that he put that win together. Um, yep. So somebody mentioned that it was kind of GSP esque, right? And, and I yep. don't I don't know that I disagree with that, right? Like it was he used a little part of all of his game. He clearly brought his opponent to where his opponent didn't want to be. Um, yeah, I, I'm very high on Jack Shore. Um, I think he's 
Wales is obviously their number one uh, shot right now. And, and again, another guy who's kind of young. He's only 26 years old. So, yep. um, yeah, looking forward to seeing him again. I, I'd even like to see him against a ranked guy next. Like, I, I don't know that I wouldn't pick him to beat, like, like Cody Stamen. Like, would, would he beat yep. Cody Stamen? Maybe. Maybe. He'd probably yep. beat Song Yudong. Like, I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. Yeah, but he's fighting. Uh, who was he supposed to fight again? Uh, on this he, card, oh, remember? he was supposed to fight one of the Nurmagomedovs. Sad Nurmagomedov. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. that, that would have been a step up. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to see him fighting ranked guys yet, but I'm not saying he couldn't beat him, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and Shalinian did enough, I think, to earn himself another shot, you'd hope. Yeah, I'd like to see him against the uh, the other guy in the Ultimate Fighter, the one who lost to Ricky Tercios, Brady Highstand. Right. They both wrestle really well. It'd kind yeah. of be fun to watch their scrambles. Loser leave town match. Make it happen. Um, we, we faded the Canadian in the next fight, and we got it right. Dan, I have to admit, Dan helped helped me uh, sway my, my vote over to Julian Rosa, but um, the way you broke it down made sense, and that's basically how, how the fight played out. His constant uh, pressure and his um, craziness basically uh, got himself a submission victory in, in the last round. Yeah, and I, I think the only thing we might have missed on, on this one is I thought – he would probably hit the knockout, and he probably wasn't all that far from it at certain points, especially. Yeah, he was piecing backed, him up. Yep. Yeah, when he backed him down to the cage and, and yep. it had uh, Jordan, which we talked about too. We we knew he was going to back Jordan up and, and try to wear him out. Um, he did a great job of that, but I, I think he's got crazy sneaky submission skills. Um, by the way, do you know Julian DeRosa went to a decision with Patty Pimblett in Cage Warriors? Really? Um, yeah, and a lot of people right. think Julian Rosa was robbed of the decision because it was. Yeah, I think I remember that era. actually. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so like, so like, just a friendly reminder: that's a 145 pounder who may have possibly beat uh, this guy we're talking about being uh, a future champion. So, um, maybe the guy we should talk. Cut. Maybe guy's we should cut twice already. Twice, yeah. Okay. Well, look, great run yeah, though for Julian Rosa. Oh final, yeah, he's yeah great. Great three, run. Three, Love the dark one joke. now. Yeah. No, can we do? You, do you remember anyone else who's had three shots? I can't I, think of I think, any recent ones or current ones that I've broken down, at least since we started the podcast. I don't think so. It's very it, rare. It's and he's hard making to, the most of it, too. Uh, yeah, I think there might have – oh, no, because I, I think – no, man, all, all the ones I'm thinking of are two. Yeah. And, like, maybe a contract dispute, too. Because, like, Ty Tuivasa yeah. had that weird contract dispute, but I don't yeah, think he was yeah. actually released. And like, Ross was actually cut, yeah. Yeah, hard cut, like a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, he's, yeah, this is quite the run. He he beat uh, what Jordan's a young dude, too, is he not? Yeah, when he beat Sean yeah. Woodson, who's, like, a young yeah, yeah. dude in, in this run. And, if I'm not mistaken, that was also a Doris joke. Um, So, like, multiple Doris wow. jokes. That's wild. No, I think I interrupted. Did you have a thought earlier on that I interrupted with my... No, Whatever just like Arose is fun, and he's yep. keep being fun. Keep putting That's the insight fun. you guys look for here. Arose he's is fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> he's fun, yep. And then um, we went with the Canadian in the curtain jerker. This actually was not supposed to be the curtain jerker. We lost the fight, which we would have nailed. Uh, anyhow, um, I can't even remember what fight we lost. It was uh, Jonathan Martinez. Yep, came in. Rojo. Yeah, he came in overweight, and then he uh, had adverse effects from – his botched weight cut. So maybe we wouldn't have got that one right because we, we have Martinez, and if he was in that bad of shape, who knows? Maybe we wouldn't have lost that one. But we'll uh, we'll pretend that we would have hit it. Um, so the uh, makeshift curtain jerker power bar beat uh, champion, uh, Mark andre Berrio, um, and it played out basically like we said it would, right? <laughs> he yeah. He got was, inside and wore him out. I was a little surprised they didn't wear him out more. Like, Dolce's yeah. gas tank looks better. I'll give yep. him that. But I'll say this. I was also surprised how good Mark andre Barrio's hands looked. He looked yep. really nice on the feet. He was picking his spots. His head movement was good. He was cutting angles. Like, he was getting away from that big power right that Dolce loads up on. Like, he did a really good job in there. And uh, is that three straight for Marc-Andre Barrio? I think so. He uh, maybe only two. Oh, no, it's only two technically because yeah. one's a no contest. Cause right, right, right. Because positive right. for yeah. some stuff. Yeah, but he, he has one three stuff. in a row. Three in a yes. row at the time <laughs> of the fight. <laughs> exactly. And he was very close to getting cut, you would have thought, because, what, he dropped his first three, did he not? Yeah, yeah. USC, and now, I think? He, yeah. now he's bounced right back. So all good stuff from him, and uh, it was it was fun to watch. 
and that was Dan's lock pick. So Dan Nelda's lock. My lock pick was the only pick I got wrong, like I said earlier. Bukowskis, who got his knee broken by the dirty, dirty Khalil Rountree Jr. So that uh, puts ball that fun event. Only nine. Maybe I enjoyed it more because it was only nine fights, but it, it was fun. I, I like the short one. The daytime one, too. That's the and key. Day, yes, that too. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, and then we got – so we got a week off now, and we got – it's just a fantastic card coming up, don't we, Dan? Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann. I <laughs> love this card. Ian, if, if you like nine fight cards, I've got some real bad news for you about this. Yeah, there's one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Okay, there's fourteen at this point. I, um, we'll, we'll, and I think we'll there might be. If you're, if you're looking at it on on uh, I'm, I'm a Wikipedia on, right now. On a Wikipedia, I think you're actually probably missing any because oh, uh, boy. yeah, hey, I think hey. I saw. I think I saw 15 on, on one earlier. I'll, I'm going to research it right now. I'll get back to you. You go ahead and All talk right. now. <laughs> uh, I don't have much to say, but uh, this is um, not a heck of a lot of star power. On the yeah, there, there's, fi- there's 15 now. Oh, yep. boy. All um, right, so at Anthony least, At least 50. Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann is the main event. Yikes. Uh, what's you, the co-main event? I think it's Panny Kianzad and Raquel Pennington, which is actually okay. pretty fun. And yeah. then we got Armand Sarkurian is fighting. You got right. Jim Miller in there. You got Ian yeah. Kudalaba and Devin Clark. That's fun. Nate Manis is a fun prospect who's in there. So is Impa Kasangane. Um, who else do I like in this one? Um, Gustavo Lopez is always in fun fights. Did I say Montel Jackson yet? He's in this one, no. too. That's a yep, fun fight. Go. Yeah, Montel Dan. Jackson and J.P. Bays is going to be good. Jim Miller's fighting a guy who's never fought in the UFC yet. I know. That's interesting, isn't that's it? That's a wild matchmaking choice. Yeah. Like, welcome to the UFC, dude. Here's a guy who's fought in the UFC more than any human being. Yeah, it's very strange. So there, once again, Dan's the, the good cop here, and he puts a, the good spin on, on the fight card. So, But we got a couple weeks for that. Um, maybe we'll – quickly give you some picks for this uh, upcoming Dana White's Contender Series. But first, let me tell you about our last couple sponsors, OddsCrowd. If you haven't downloaded the OddsCrowd app yet, you're missing out. The free roll football contest is taking place on OddsCrowd this year. $10,000 for the best NFL better. Sides are included as well this year. Also, weekly $100 SGPN exclusive contest just for people who have the app downloaded. There are over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs across both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. The boys here at SGPN are all taking part, so you can try to claim bragging rights over us, too. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And OddsCrowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to OddsCrowd.com today. While you're downloading stuff, you got to download our app if you haven't already, SGPN app. Make sure you download the app and enter our Week 1 NFL Picks Contest for your chance to win. Are you ready? $100,000. And it better not be coming out of this podcast pay, let me tell you. Um, our production is already – you heard last week when I held my phone up. That was our big uh, – t- to the speaker, that was our, our big uh, production budget we have here. So um, just joking, hundred thousand uh, bucks. We are giving away if you nail all the picks for NFL Week One. So you got to get the app though first. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store, and Google Play Store. It gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, we had some um, shuffling around of the Contender Series, but Dan's on top of it, of course. Um, that's why he's he's here. He's not just here to tell us the fighters are fun. Uh, he's here to tell us who's going to win. So we got Contender Series coming up on Tuesday night from the UFC Apex. We've got a five-fight card. Do you want to just do best picks, or do you, or do you want to break down each pick, each fight quickly, Dan? How do you want to handle it? I, I could just give you some of my favorite. Let, let's do favorite bets, although there isn't okay. lines for two of them, so I suppose that makes it a little bit harder. Yeah, the um, lines aren't out yet for – actually, I've got lines for everything except one, it looks like, which I've got Darian Weeks, Josh no, – is that fight still on? Weeks no, Darian, no, Darian okay. Weeks is not fighting right, equipment. So, right, right. So I only got odds for, what, three fights, so yeah. Yeah. yeah so All right, I, well, you, you can tell us who you like, though, and what, where you think the line's going to be. Sure. So uh, I'll start by saying one of my favorite ones on this card to bet is uh, – Chidi Njikwani, um versus Mario Souza. Uh, I actually really like Njikwani in this one. In, in what I've been seeing, 
is he when he opened, uh, he was opening uh, at like plus one twenty. He got bet way down till it was almost like an even money, and he's like back up to plus one twenty. I don't know what that yeah. says at all. That's like a really weird set of line movement. Um, but he like went down and back up, and I I I love that he's an underdog in this because what I've seen from Mario Souza. Kind of a guy who likes to stand and kick too, um, which is is all of what Chidi Anjikwani is. If if you guys remember watching his brother Anthony Anjikwani in the UFC or or WEC Never Die, um, yeah, like Never like, Die, yeah, Anthony is or Chidi is just like Anthony. So Mario Souza in his uh, in his last couple of fights likes to kick and wound up getting the job done on the mat but, like, not by going there to his own choice. Like he's not the type of guy who I see is choosing to wrestle. He's got really good sweeps if somebody does wrestle him, and he's got decent submissions off of his back and stuff like that. But, like, in his contender series fight, it was his opponent who kept taking him down to the mat, and it was his opponent who brought it there, and he got sweeps and stuff like that. So now he's back fighting on the contender series again, and I just think he's probably going to get the fight he wanted in the first place, which is just to stay on the feet. And I don't think he's a better kickboxer than Chidi Anjikawani. So I like the underdog play there. I will also say I really love uh, Bruno Correa in his fight against Carlos Vergara. Vigar- wow, I'm the one butchering it this time. Yes, um, finally. Vergara. 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 Yes, that guy. Um, so I like <laughs> Bruno Oliveira in this one. The line I'm seeing, uh, it just, it I have a Bruno Correa instead of Bruno Oliveira. Yeah, okay, so it's Bruno Correa, and it's, his last name is actually Oh, is it also Oliveira? For real? Yeah, it's, it's or, no, is it Mesquita? Mesquita? <laughs> no, no, I don't remember. He, he's got an actual Anyhow, last name, and it's not Correa. The Bruno guy um, we're going with. But Bruno, uh, so Bruno is uh, Bruno Correa here. I, I like him a lot. He's got really flashy kicks. He's surprisingly good on the ground. And from what I've seen uh, from his opponent, is his opponent likes his – I'm just going to say his opponent. That's his actual name. <laughs> Um, this is uh, Carlos uh, Vergara. Vergara. Really that hard, but Vergara. It, it I don't know though. why it gave me a it's really funny. tough time. But Vergara uh, was a guy who likes to keep it on the feet, too, and is just, like, not nearly as fast as Bruno Correa, who is crazy fast. So with Correa coming in, you know, like, you can find his odds right around negative 180, um, as low as, like, negative 165 in some places. I think that's a steal, too. And I'm interested to see what comes in as the odds on Josh Quinlan versus Logan Urban, because I have a feeling that late replacement Logan Urban will be an underdog. And if he is, jump on it as fast as you can, Um, because he shouldn't be an underdog in this fight. If he is, it's only because he's taking this on short notice. But this dude comes from uh, Ohio Combat League, which I know is not a promotion a ton of people know about, but they do churn out some pretty good dudes on the regular and he has some crazy highlight reel knockouts. Um, knockouts, submissions, really fun stuff. His last flying knee was incredible. He's really fast on the feet. I, I think he gives Josh Quinlan a lot of problems. Uh, he's obviously got to defend the wrestling, but that's why I think he'll come in as an underdog, and I like him in this. So, yeah, for, for my three that I like betting, I'll say Logan Urban, Chidi and Jikawani, Bruno Correa. Um, for my last two picks, I, I like Simon Oliveira. Uh, who's in on this card. Uh, I don't see odds on him. I assume he's kind of going to be a really large favorite, so I don't particularly love that. I also don't love his style in a lot of these fights. Uh, sometimes it looks like he's waiting for somebody else to take him down. Um, and I like Mew and Gafaroff as well, too. That that guy fought so many good dudes in 1FC, including uh, John Lineker. And I think he's probably going to rough up this Canadian, but like the line is just not anything on yeah, Ch- Chad Angler. Uh, Ang- Ang- Man, that's a tough name. That it is. And Hilliger. Um, that's terrible. Yeah. Maybe it's a silent. Maybe it's a silent H. Maybe it's. And it's still not good. If that's it's not easy. H. That doesn't make it no. better. Anyhow, that Canadian yeah. guy. Gofferoth is a guy who has fought John Lineker and all kinds of other like really tough competition over in One FC, including like Reese McLaren and Leandro Issa and like people like that. Um, who have all either been in the UFC or UFC level. So Gafaroff is going to beat him up. The line is just, like, kind of big, and it keeps swelling. It's, I, I think I saw it was negative uh, 325 in one book and negative 275 in another. So if you can still find it uh, down around negative, like, 200 where I saw it start, that's cool. But, like, otherwise, 
it's nice. It just doesn't tempt me all that much. So uh, I like Urban Njikawani Korea. There you go. Parlay them together, uh, did Jens. You always you always want to do parlays. Um, so parlay all those together and get yourself some some big money. So we'll be back on Wednesday to recap how we did on that and what else we're going to talk about. I don't know. I got one uh, reader question. So if anybody else wants to send in questions or topics for us, so we don't have to do any work over the next couple of podcasts, that would be fantastic. Um, you can get at us uh, th- through the Slack channel. Like I said, I'm, I'm active on the SGPN Slack. Or you can get us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer or Gumby Vreeland. Um, so yeah, make sure you read all our stuff. Uh, we're just finishing up our NFL previews, a uh, different team every day because the season is about to begin. So um, got that. Make sure you enter our $100,000 contest. Uh, so I take it if like someone wins that contest, like, we're done then, right, Dan? Podcast off the air. Network, if, network if, either, if either me or you wins it, <laughs> oh, if, yeah, if one of us. That's true. If one of us wins it, yes. But if if someone actually wins it, um, the boss has to pay that out. Then come on, something somebody's got to go. And Dan makes a lot of money, so um, <laughs> for an associate co-host, well, I do. When I hit that that contest, it's uh, true. <laughs> yeah, so make sure you download the app and, and get on that contest. Um, and if for all your MMA needs, MMA-manifesto.com is, is the place to be. And all your degen needs is sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And make sure, if you aren't already, to subscribe to our podcast feed, MMA Gambling Podcast, where you will get this podcast as soon as it drops. Um, we have to wait our turn on the SGPN main feed, so you, you don't get the uh, the podcast uh, early on that one. Uh, you get it fresh out the oven on our MMA gambling podcast feed. And you do, it's very, the reason that's important is uh, because we have such an effect over the lines in the books now that um, uh, all the, all the touts and all the um, advice we give you, it, it just the lines uh, in Vegas. So you're not going to get, not going to get the, uh, the sweet picks uh, at, at the sweet prices. So right, Dan. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get our sweet prices. <laughs> you got to get in right away. Listen to our show before we affect uh, affect the lines. Is what I'm trying to spit out. I'm going to let Dan take you home because I think I've run out of words for some reason. <laughs> well, as long as I don't have to say somebody's last name, I think I'll be fine. You are. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm David Gabriel, and he is Juicy Jeff Fox, and we will catch you on Wednesday. <laughs>